And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Buff Bourguignon, French beef stew in red wine. We're going to serve it with braised onions and mushrooms and a wine dark sauce. It's a perfectly delicious dish. Well, we could put in a little more tomato paste or a little more thyme. In this case, we're fortunately find it's just right. Now for the thickening of it. Now we want to get our ham hot and we're going to saute it in this first until it's brown and then we're going to put it in this pot in which we're going to cook it in the oven. Now this is going to go in a 325 oven and it should cook very, very slowly, just at the bare simmer. And once it's in, except for checking the oven to make sure that it isn't bubbling and boiling, you don't have to look at it anymore. Then all let the soft grain out, and then we simply put the stew back into the casserole. Agatha Edith Smith, wife number one in our rotation, and I get used on Mondays, Wednesdays, and twice on Sundays. I'm seventh in rotation. I'm busy washing the entire cult's worth of honorable underwear. And you're listening to Eat It and Repent, the Mormon special on the Two True Freaks Network. Join us for Jello shots. We're all going to hell. Hello. And welcome to Eat It, the first part of a two-pronged Jiggly podcast. I am your co-host tonight. I am uh, Mr. Papa Puddin' Pops, and I am here with my wiggly co-host, Dirk Jiggler. I am jiggling right now, and you just don't know what I'm jiggling. But believe me, I am jiggling. That's right. Watch it wiggle, see it jiggle. (laughs) See it squiggle. Cold, delicious, cool, and fruity. <laughs> oh, man. And that should lead us up into this month's food topic, which is everyone's food that they love to deny or they love to hate or they love to love, and that is J-E-L-L-O, Jell-O. And uh, I just wanted to, to throw it out to you first. Uh, Jell-O, first impressions, you growing up, was Jello a big part of your life? Not a huge part, yeah. but occasionally I was served Jello, and I always Jello 
I, I didn't eat school lunches. I was t- just totally freaked out by school lunches. But school lunches always had Jello, and um, I always associated them with, um, say, like uh, 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 some sort of um, community, you know, sort of event where you know where a potluck type thing. Somebody would always bring Jello. Or uh, my grandmother would make Jello and with uh, whip, you know, with whipped cream on top. Um, but it, but I don't know. I've, I've never heard anybody bad talk Jello. No. You know, up until recently, when it comes down to say like animal rights or something like that, you know. Yeah. Let's say the non-vegan nature of je- the the weird, you know, the weird don't want to know the the sauce how the sausage is made origin of Jello, you know. Well, the origin. Horse hooks. That's all okay. I gotta say. Well, the origin of you know of gelatin it actually comes from the Latin word gelatus, which means gelled, froze. Uh, it goes back to Egyptian times, and traces of it were found in Pharaoh's graves uh, in the form of glue. And it was once considered a sign of great wealth because it wasn't easy to make. Um, you had to, you had mentioned hooves, you had to boil uh, hooves for hours to release that gelatin. And of course it was clear and it didn't have much of a taste. And and it was a it was a status symbol. If you could if you could you had to be a great chef to extract the gelatin from the uh, hooves of animals, and then you would make an aspic or something like that that uh, that you could uh, present on a table. But the trouble with it was it didn't really have much taste. You know, it had no uh, it had no taste, no odor, and no color. But it was pure protein. So it was it was good for you, um, and it wasn't until uh, you go to Charles Knox, who in 1894 this guy invented the first pre-granulated gelatin, and uh, he had to try and sell it, you know, door to door, and uh, he had the Knox uh, Gelatin Company, and you can still get Knox unflavored gelatin uh, that I I used and I will use later on. And Jello, as we know it today, was uh, brought on by a guy named Pearl B. Waite, and he made cough medicine. And he found that that it was uh, you could add flavorings to it, and it was perfect for 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 America, especially in you know the 20s and 30s and the times when people didn't really have a lot of money. It was a cheap dessert you could make; anybody could afford it, and and kids loved it. Everybody loved. Jello. I mean, if it's there, I'm going to eat it. I I have some in my refrigerator right now that my son was eating because he was sick. Well, well, that, that it's funny you said refrigerator because I was just about to say it. it's the kind of food that really couldn't end up on the normal American's plate until the you know yeah. normal American had a refrigerator in their house because it's just not going to uh, unless you make it during the winter and put it outside on the front porch or something you know to. To cool it and congeal it. Yeah, it's it, it's just like instant pudding. It's a total refrigerator food. 
Yeah, I wonder. I guess you would have to uh, put it outside if you if you didn't uh, if you didn't have a refrigerator or because that is you that, could put it, you could put it in a bowl of ice water yeah, in your ice good, box or something like that. But it's, it's not something, you know, that that's you know it's something you could do. You you were doing something fancy in in the old ice box days or something, but. You know, I don't think it would just I don't think until refrigerators show, you know, just like um, there were there were a lot of foods that, you know, became huge when microwaves became available. You know, the the TV dinner took a whole new evolutionary step after microwaves how much, how came much out. Popcorn was popped after microwaves. and popcorn, too. Yeah. And. And it, it used to, yeah, popcorn. You used to have to have a popcorn popper, and some, and and before the air poppers, you had to pour oil in it, and you had this oily, greasy thing you had to wash after every time you made popcorn. Yes, but look at, uh, I'm going to ask you, what state would you think consumes the most Jello, hands down? I know, but I'm not. I'm going to pretend <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know which state. Well, I would think New York State because that's where it originated. Well, actually, the most Jello is consumed in Utah. Utah oh. consumes the most Jello. They they have always done it, uh, and it's because it's, it's it's associated with it has an association with uh, with the Mormons. It is uh, Jello actually catered this and and cultivated this association. They were they were very happy that that Mormons love Jello because you think Mormons they they have large families they're tight knit. This is what Jello wanted, and Jello ran with this, and Utah went ahead and ran with it as well, making a. Uh, Actually, going as far as making Bill Cosby an honorary an honorary citizen of the Mormon state, uh, and uh, well, he probably isn't anymore. Hey. But, yeah, he has this recipe, which is one box of Jello, hot water, sugar, and a roofie, which is great. I I didn't do that recipe for our food. Episode. I wonder if if Bill Cosby is still an honorary. No, no. Uh... I do know that his first meal in jail did have Jello served to it on it oh oh dear god <laughs> but, but that's the end of a movie right there isn't yeah. it isn't that the end of the bill cosby like crime story movie with just the jello you know the with like an instrumental version of the you know jello jello watch it wiggle but like maybe in a minor chord playing and it's put in front of him and he just it's sort of like the end of Inception with the top <laughs> rolling out, except it's just a slow-mo of the jello going to pudding. I think he was more like Mike, uh, a pudding guy. But yeah, Jell-O had his heyday in the United States uh, around the 30s and 40s when um, many, many radio shows had Jell-O as their sponsor, Jack Benny being one of them. He what he would start every show with. Jello, this is Jack Benny. The Jello program brought to you by Jello and Jello Pudding, starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. The orchestra opens the program with the Gay Ranchero. And uh, it was big. 
and it and it still is it still is big it suffered a little bit of a decline in the 80s except utah but then they came out with um they promoted on tv i remember uh jello jigglers we're here to celebrate a different way to eat jello gelatin with our bare hands all we need cookie cutters this easy recipe and we've got Jiggler! Do you remember the promotion when we were kids? You'd see these Jello commercials, and they would add Knox unflavored gelatin to regular Jello, and you got a, you could cut it out with cookie cutters, and you yeah. got Jello that you could pick up and jiggle, and it wouldn't fall apart. And that kind of had a little insurgence throughout the '90s, uh, late '80s and '90s, and then it kind of faded back again. But it has never disappeared. No, Knox, Knox blocks were a big fad in yes. the 80s. I remember all the neighborhood parents would make Knox blocks by taking their um, ice cube trays or, you know, their metal ice cube trays with that that one band that would run across the middle to, to detach everything. And then they would spray it with, you know, like Wesson oil, uh, you know, spray oil. And then dump the Knox in there and then they would have a bunch of little Knox blocks and every all the kids were going going nuts for that shit and the, the 80s got had you know they brought in bill cosby and jello pudding and you know there was lots of just promotion jello jello pudding pops jello pudding pops i have to say oh yeah have been i think they don't make them anymore i don't know why because they were just delicious i mean chocolate ones were good the vanilla ones were really good too and then the swirled ones were heaven well, there there are some uh, some weird some weird Jello recipes uh, from the past. Uh, great Mormons, you know, they go to a lot of big church gatherings, and Jello is the perfect thing to take. And I've had some great, great, great Jello recipes. Uh, Jello rings uh, made with sour cream and Jello and cranberries, and then I've had mm-hmm. some that just the the whole thing of grating carrots. In Jello, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but I've seen it, but I don't approve of it. Utah. And uh, around the alley, whenever there is a gathering, and I don't know why we do this, but we still make Jello shots. Dear God, I don't know why we do it because Jello they... shots are big everywhere. They're they they're uh, they're they're uh, yeah. I think I'm just too. My old. grandmother used to make a Jello salad. That that had Jello, it had cottage cheese, and whipped cream. Yeah, and like it was delicious, actually. It was texturally really uh, appealing (laughs) and delicious. You wouldn't think so with cottage cheese, but well, you would if you had the time and the patience. You could make that Jello recipe where you could make it come out like looking like a rainbow, where you could do different layers. Yeah, 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 and. Um, uh, you know, it's almost like when you go back through time with this stuff, it just gets grosser and grosser. As because oh. I think they were like, "Oh, we made this out of horse hooves," so it was mostly like a delivery system for meat. You know, in some way, like aspics and and yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were. It was like plain Jello, and then they started making it mint flavored to go along with with meat stuff. You know, I still I still like head cheese, which no one will eat. But it is basically just 
different types of deli meat encased in gelatin, you know, and, and sliced in for a sandwich. I love it, but it's fallen out of favor. Uh, but uh, maybe because of the name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think they could probably do a little bit of remarketing and maybe get it up there and bring it back. But it, in the most popular uh, flavor in Utah is green. And it's interesting. Well, I, learned, I learned that there is actually um, a Mormon corridor and they call it the Jello Belt. And it spreads into southern Idaho, California, Wyoming, and Nevada, as well as Utah. And this is the area that's a big, big, big Mormon belt where so much jello is consumed that uh, it just, they embraced it. They embraced jello. And a lot of my friends, when I ask them about jello, they go, oh my God, yeah, it's in, in Utah, it is, it's um, frozen custard, fry sauce, and jello. And I have been to Utah many times, Salt Lake City, and it looks like a town. It's a strange place, man. You go to Salt Lake City, and back in the day, if you wanted to walk into a bar, you had to get sponsored. Yeah, my dad was on a work assignment there for a month, and it almost, my dad doesn't like to drink, but he would get bored and be like, I want to go meet somebody, you know, go socialize. So he would try to go out, go to a bar or something, and you had to stand outside the bar and, and accost people and hope somebody yeah. would sponsor you and then pay, you know, a subscription fee, membership fee for the club that you were going into to cool. drink. And the bars, like, couldn't buy liquor wholesale. They had to go and just buy retail, you know, one bottle at a time from the liquor store to stock themselves. Well, I remember when I walked into... There's the only place I ever would go to eat in Salt Lake was a place called the Red Rocks Red Rocks Saloon, and you'd walk in there, and uh, and someone to the the, 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 the maitre d' would say, "Hey, you got a sponsor?" And I say, "No." And then you'd, "Hey, anyone want to sponsor this guy?" And seven or eight guys at a bar said, "Yeah." And so you just got in that way. But sure, yeah. I mean, it's to their advantage. They're they're, they're just doing it to you know stay stay abreast of the the ridiculous religious laws of utah you know it's that's that's the way it is there so they have to they have to be a gentleman i don't know if it, i shouldn't say gentleman's club i can't remember what a social club or whatever yeah you know in order to exist it's it's similar to like the contortions a lot of places have to go to to be a strip club or whatever well, you know, I, I think that uh, if you look at two ice cream, I think Jello is actually a little bit sexier than ice cream. I mean, Jello's it, Jello's very breasty. Yeah, ice cream is uh, ice cream is more reminiscent of the end of a sexual act, whereas yeah. Jello is. <laughs> <laughs> you mean really cold and, and drippy white, sub sticky substance. <laughs> I mean, Jello got a bad rap in the 80s too along with when people started to show Animal House and people wrestling in it and remember the, the Jello wrestling that would go on and so sure. Utah Jello Biafra yeah <laughs> Utah say, Green Jello doing their serial killer record they say Jello Jello was proud to be the number one dessert and the number one uh, dessert food in Utah and they were very happy for it and, and to this day they still are and 
I think it's Iowa and Utah are always neck and neck in who consumes the most Jello, but Utah is always Je- pulling away. And, uh, and I just thought of this. I always uh, Jello is associated with me also with like old people and babies. It's like Cheerios. It's like yeah. something you feed little kids. Always, it's it's something you give them a square of Jello, they can just pick it up and stick it in their mouth. And if they throw it on the ground, you pick it up and wipe it off and give it back to them. It doesn't matter. My my wife, her family, and I guess other people from Michigan. If you have an upset stomach, okay. Uh, one of the things yeah. that she drinks is she'll make the Jello, and while it's still warm, she'll give it. She'll drink it, you know, cherry jello, and she'll drink the cherry jello, and she says that it um, soothes soothes her stomach. And oh, I bet you it feels really good, like yeah. on a sore throat. Yeah, mix or... vodka in it. I'd be I'd be more than happy to try it. But I jello. I might drink bit... that for when my knees acting up. That sounds like something that would. Uh, it could help it... help with help lubricate that stuff yeah wash it this down. reminds me that have you ever heard of this i saw this in like a bunch of the jello entries in the 80s they had this stuff called sparkling jello it was basically jello soda i think i remember something when you said sparkling jello i i think i remember jello made with like seven up that when you when you bit into it it had like little bubbles or something i don't know about a jello soda yeah, no, they had a Jello soda. I guess maybe it only got test marketed in a few places, but that that kind of intrigued me. It sounds like sort of a th- a thick soda, <laughs> like a bubble soda or something. God, I wish I had known about it. Must it. be if it was sparkling. I would hope so. We didn't eat much Jello growing up uh, until until uh, the Jello jigglers for a while. My family went through a phase where my old man would make those all the time and we ate the hell out of them. But not from an immigrant family. Uh, we, it wasn't, it wasn't done. Jello was something that, that I think that we added to a lot of other recipes like cake recipes. Uh, sometimes they would call, there was a, a cake recipe for, I think it's called a Jello cake where you, you heat the Jello up and you poke holes in your cake and you pour it. In yes. And there, you you could do that with Jello pudding too. Jello pudding cake, like Jello pudding chocolate cake, was really rich. It was similar to like the sour cream or mayonnaise, you know, chocolate cakes you would get. It was very moist and and creamy and jelly. In its heyday in the 40s, if you opened up any Life magazine, you would see beautiful ads for Jell-O. Would Norman Rockwell would paint the ads, and I have to say, this may sound corny, but man, it brought a lot of color into people's lives. I would think because there's nothing prettier than the array of of colors. They had like five or six staple colors, uh, flavors: cherry, uh, lemon, lime, pineapple. And they were all very, they all looked good, you know, they were easy to make, look good, and you could feed a family, you know, of five or six, and they wouldn't cost you very much. And there were some weird discontinued Jello flavors, too. Oh, I'm sure there were. I mean, I got a little list here. Oh, hit me with it. Bubble gum. Oh. Chocolate and triple chocolate. 
Now, I I think that I would I would like to try chocolate and triple chocolate jello. I'm I, I'm curious as to how it would taste. Um, root beer. Now that would like, that, that would seem to be okay. The only one there that, were a lot of ones that I could totally un- see how they what they would taste like like green apple and stuff like that. Yeah. But I'm I was I made my list of the ones that were a little weirder. And listen, listen, this is the weirdest one: unflavored ice cream powder flavor. Unflavored ice cream powdered flavor. So I'm guessing you know, it's just I, like I, blank. I, no, ice I, like creamy flavor, and then you would add cherry to it, or you would add I chocolate believe, to it to make different flavored ice creams. Yes, you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. This, I believe, I remember when we had the hand crank, we had a hand crank ice cream machine. I remember we had to add some. It had to add like a powder, and that's what it was. I remember it now. I haven't thought about that in God 40 years, but yes, it was a powder that you would put into your milk. And it helped the milk uh, attain that ice cream type texture. Yes, oh. I, remember, I remember. Yes, oh my god, I haven't thought about that forever. But it took me a second. But yes, that definitely was uh, was something that I haven't seen in the stores in years. So maybe they don't make it anymore. Now I want to make. Now I want to make homemade ice cream and just pour a package of Jello into it. Why not? See how I mean, it comes out. Jello is a secret ingredient in a lot of recipes. I and love the Christmas cookies that have Jello in them. Oh. It, Jello, when you add them to cookies or cake, it adds like not only a bright color, but that that area of the bright color is as intensely flavored as it looks. You know, so yeah. it, it tastes like it looks. It's it's very candy like, and it and it translates very nicely into cookies and cakes. It's funny, my, my son was, um, he had the flu last week, and we went out and bought some Jolly Rancher flavored Jello. Okay. Uh, which is, you know, Jolly Rancher hard candy. They had a whole line of it. He got the, the cherry, and man, that is like an intense flavor, and it, it was good. You know, I used to eat Jello and just kind of let it melt in my mouth and squish it between my teeth before I swallowed it, and it's just... It's a it's a weird thing. It's a weird texture to try and um to try and uh and it's and, fleshy. <laughs> yeah, this uh, I have a friend of mine that had a terrific recipe for a um Jello mold, and I I don't remember what it was, but I think it had sour cream in it and cranberries, and man, that thing was delicious. And people that even if they poo poo Jello, they try this, and it was the best. They would love it. I mean, it's just it. Jello has just always been there. It's always going to be there, and Salt Lake City, and Utah, and we it it it's always going to be big in that part of the state. We uh, still have well, I mean, right down the street from us is Leroy, New York, where it's 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 not a suburb of Rochester, but it's probably twenty minutes outside of Rochester, and there's a little building there that's the Jello Pudding Museum. Really. Um, Oh yeah, Bill Cosby used to go there all the time, and it's it's yep, it's right 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 down the street from us. Speaking of museums and history, I'm going to uh, I decided to look up uh, our buddy Herder Corner, George Leonard Herder of Bull Cook and Authentic Historic Recipes and Practices, and see if he had anything to say first, uh, not only about Jello but about Utah. Because he has strong opinions about certain towns. 
And I, sure enough, I did find his his um, his little blurb about Utah. And if I could, I would uh, like to to read it here. Now, on January on July twenty second, eighteen forty seven, Orson Pratt and George A. Smith, with seven other men, rode into the Valley of Salt Lake to look it over for a possible area for a settlement. On July twenty third, the advance party of the Mormon group, whom they were scouting for, arrived and plowed the first land in the valley. The land was dry and hard, and three plows were broken, and they had to divert a stream to flow over the ground just to soften it enough so they could be plowed. On July 24th, Brigham Young entered the valley. He was the vanguard or rear of the group. All the group decided this was a good place for a settlement. The first winter, little food was available. The Mormons lived on roots of the sego lily that still grows wild in the hills. They decided to call the new state Deserat, meaning land of the honeybee. And later on, it was, of course, uh, recognized by Congress, and they created the Utah Territory. And his view of the food in today's Salt Lake is far from anything special. The old recipes are completely forgotten. The original Mormons do not believe in smoking or drinking. Today, there are Jack Mormons who do not smoke or drink, but are of the Mormon faith and the old true Mormons who still do not drink or smoke. No Mormon is ever allowed to go on relief. I guess that means welfare. Uh, the Mormons take care of their own. The town of Salt Lake City has wide streets. It is said that they were laid out by Brigham Young so he could walk down the streets abreast with all 34 wives at one time. Now, how about that? And he goes on to have... I don't know if that's real, but it actually it very well could wives? be. Can you imagine, like, in one big line? <laughs> 34 of them. But that's it. Now he goes on to uh, to give a recipe for uh, Mormon trout, which I didn't uh, I didn't do, but I did find a recipe for gelatin, and uh, it's called Dodge City Cream Gelatin. Oh, is it alcoholic in any way? Uh, no, but it does have an alcoholic uh, uh, history. Now Dodge City. <laughs> Is now we're going. We're going to. Uh, we're going to Dodge City now. So Dodge City is in the in the cattle uh, drive days was a real up and coming town and still is today. The Long Branch Saloon in the early cattle days was a very fine establishment for a serious drinking man. You could get a cold beer, American or imported, champagne, and any hard liquor that you wanted in the Long Branch for five cents. You could get a teaspoon of pure vanilla extract in a glass of beer. Now, I never heard of that, but if you don't think this tastes good, just try it. I didn't have a beer here today, so I did not get to try it. This drink was popular in Dodge during the hot, humid summers. Even the children liked it. A soft drink was made especially for the children, favored with pure vanilla extract and cream, and it was called cream soda. Cream soda is still widely sold and drank today. Now, here's the recipe. The Dodge restaurant made a gelatin dessert with pure vanilla extract that everyone liked. It certainly beats any of the artificial fruit flavor gelatins that are that we are stuck with today. And here's the recipe. And this is what I did. You put two envelopes of pure gelatin in a mixing bowl, add one cup of cold water, 
and you let the jello soak for two hours until it is soft and has absorbed all the water. And it did. It looked like it looked like just just jelly, I guess. I don't know what to say. It, it had absorbed all Mucus? the water. Yeah. Yeah. Ectoplasm. It, it, yeah. And then you add a cup of really hot water and stir it in well. Add had a cup had half a cup of sugar and mix well. And now you add two level tablespoons of pure vanilla extract. There are no limitation, imitation vanilla extracts that are any good at all, and don't try to use them. Put the gelatin in a cold place to harden. And then you get some whipped cream, and you, you add a little bit of almond extract, and then you serve it with a heavy topping of this whipped cream on it. And this is what people would order at that restaurant. And it, it was the most sounds popular. delicious. Well, I have it here, and it looks like a bowl of rust <laughs> because of the jello of the vanilla extract and i have i made the uh the whipped cream with uh sugar and some almond extract i'm gonna take some out here i'm gonna put it in a little bowl it looks it looks almost like amber in color you know it's definitely i can smell the vanilla now this is probably like one of the, the first flavors maybe they could put in vanilla before artificial flavorings came in. It's okay, so I'm gonna taste this. We haven't had a disappointing burger recipe yet, so. Okay, this is, it's very vanilla-y. It's kind of plain. But it's got it. Just tastes like um like a really good strong vanilla Jello, and what's good is the whipped cream is good. It has almond extract, but it's not something that I'll probably make again. But it ain't bad for Dodge City Jello. <laughs> but I would I would have liked to have tried some vanilla extract in my beer. I was going to say, it sounds like it needs to be alcoholically charged up, maybe dodge yep. city up a little bit. You know, the more, I'm, the more I'm eating it, the more I'm, I'm getting the subtle vanilla. Oh, okay. It's one of those things. Taste coming through. Because, you know, so few recipes just call, this is just clear, plain gelatin and vanilla. So you can really, really taste aspects of the vanilla that you might not be able to taste when you add it to um to chocolate chip cookies or any other recipe so yeah i can see that maybe if you got some really really hardcore vanilla extract maybe that would be but yeah the as it warms up in your mouth you um you really start tasting the vanilla so I don't know if it's bullshit or not. About 34 wives walking across the street abreast. But um, the Dodge City gelatin recipe is not bad. I wouldn't I wouldn't make it again. But for the purposes of our show and for uh, Herder Corner, I think it's a it's a pretty interesting recipe. And I am definitely going to try a shot of vanilla in my beer. I think that that um, that intrigues me. So. So there it intrigues me. I'm, I'm intrigued by that. So I think we've um, 
we've uh, hit probably as, as as much as we can. Uh, I think we got about all we can out of Jello, but of Jell-O. that's yeah, about we, right. We all, and I'm looking over into the green room, and there is a lot of white. It it looks like a like a laundry commercial with flapping in the wind, and I think that's a sheet flapping. I'm not sure what's going on in there, but something's but flapping around in there. I seem to see some uh, golden plates or something of gold. Uh, we better uh, we better see if we can open the door. It's getting real bright in here all of a sudden. I don't know, but uh, but there you have it. Any final thoughts on Jello? No, I'm all for it. <laughs> Anybody's pro- against it, fight me. Yeah, we're eat, we're very pro Jello here on Eat It, and I'm gonna have another taste of my uh, vanilla. I'm gonna pour some vodka on this. So um, we'll uh, vacate the room, and uh, we'll be back again next month with another flavorful edition of of uh, Eat It. And uh, let's uh, open this door and uh, walk uh, toward the white light, shall we? Hi everyone. We here at Eat It and Beat It like to play a current commercial that relates to this month's subject matter. We had to go all the way back to 1987 to find a Jell-O-related ad. This little gem was recorded just months before Maury Clawhammer's third bankruptcy and second divorce. Enjoy! Hiya folks, it's Maury Clawhammer, owner of Clawhammer Salami Vice Deli. When I saw the new Jell-O wrestling craze sweep the nation, I knew it was something that was here to stay. I have a dream that one day it'll be in the Olympics. That's why I'm announcing the launch of my new chain of stores, the Gelatindrome. Not only will we outfit you with all your Jell-O wrestling needs, with wading pools and 47 flavors of Jell-O, but in anticipation of the many Jell-O-related sports that are sure to take over our hearts, we have a lot of new items. We have Jell-O hockey pucks, sneaker insoles, jiggly protective headgear, karate dummy jello molds. And for the athletic supporters and strapping lads, we have the patented Knox jock strap. We also have one-use swimsuits in all flavors. Tuesday nights is jello jousting in the parking lot with free jello Pac-Mans for the kids. We're on Grain Silo Boulevard right next to the Hawaiian Shirt Hut. Come on down and get jiggly. Announcing the opening of three Gelatin Hut locations in East Demonsville, Chestertown, and the old Pepper Tree Mall in Plandersburg. Good day, brethren and cistern. <laughs> I, welcome to Beat It, the second half of a two-part podcast i am uh part one of your hosts i am mr bill kimura and i am here with uh with my fellow elder elder barry deboney deboney and he ain't no phony yeah it's uh it's french canadian by way of utah i am his crony (laughs) you can call me mr boney if you'd like and that's no baloney (laughs) <laughs> no phony here but I, I you know I he's we, a follower of Maroni yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. oh. and I don't believe in the golden plate baloney no no we're not gonna get into that we we I, we're gonna we are 
gosh, just just bring us in, bring us in, because when I asked, when I, this is obviously something that you have put some thought behind. Because when I asked you what our talk was going to be, um, you wasted no time in uh, getting back to me and saying that we are going to do Mormon porn. Yeah, I figured this would be fertile ground for discussion because I actually found out that there there was such a thing as Mormon porn, not from an actual porn site, but from on YouTube. There was um, a Vice story about a uh, filmmaker that was producing Mormon porn, and she was a lapsed Mormon, surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. A lesbian and anonymous so I don't even have to remember her name because she would not give her name she was in a hoodie with her face blacked out with her face you know blurred out and her voice changed and uh, she was the mastermind I think it's like Mormon girls with a Z with a Z and uh, she's the sort of mastermind auteur behind Mormon girl. She even took the 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 very pretty host, hostess of the the segment and had her walked her through a a sort of PG rated porn scene from nipple, one of one of her blurring, movies. Nipple blurring um, going on on YouTube. Yes, and it's funny because the scene that they acted out in the. In, in the YouTube video was something that I saw like almost word for word through many videos and maybe they were flogging that a little bit because I'm sure they got some publicity from the Vice videos because a lot of people, Vice is a pretty big venue yeah well so, you would, when you think Mormon porn you, you, I thought okay well I'm sure there's Buddhist porn, Catholic porn, probably Hindi porn, but Mormon porn goes deeper, has deeper roots. I mean, Mormon pornography, um, I'm quoting here, is a subgender of pornography themed around the Mormon religion. Uh, it. You see, I don't know if there is to, Buddhist porn, though. Well, maybe not. <laughs> it's said. It, it's said to have originated in 2010 with the launch of the gay porn site Mormon Boys and they later on hooked up uh, which it portrays sexual relationships between the elders and the more recent site Mormon Girls which features both straight and lesbian relationships between Mormon characters um, I, and the thing about this is is we're I almost I don't know when I watched this I, I felt like I was watching something that that is so unseen by I mean there's still a lot of I know a lot of Mormons and there's still so much I don't understand about their religion uh, but you know the sacred underwear this is something that that you know we're not supposed to really know about and I think that that, mm, when, that and, and that's what the woman was was sort of talking about she yeah. you know I mean we're sort of looking at like you know and the, like the thing with like like Buddhism and stuff like that. I don't think you'd see. I think you might find a porn star who was a Buddhist. You know, might be a Buddhist in their real life. But like Buddhism doesn't have 
like we like sexual like i mean i could it could to somebody but it's not like a religion that has a lot of pomp and circumstance stuff that you can put sexual overtones to you know and and like and buddhism might have some weird ideas about sexuality but it's not sort of you see like i think the other the other religion that's ripe for pornography and i have seen to to some extent like catholic pornography Oh, well, yeah. Because you have, you, you know, people want to see, I know I want to see nuns and priests or, oh. or nuns especially having having sex. and But, you know, Catholicism has that whole sexual repression, but also, you know, forgiveness for your sins and a lot of ritual and pageantry and stuff. So and, and costumes. So it has all this the stuff that could be fetishized and sexualized and. And I think the you know, but a lot of times this is what's so disappointing to me about nun porn <laughs> is is you have these nuns and they you know they end up getting out of their habit and they got silicone breasts and <laughs> and tattoos. And I have no doubt that there's some nuns who've like had a former life where they end up with tattoos and stuff. But you know, so you know, yeah. So but the the mormon porn has real extra um sort of oomph to it because it's made by these like lapsed mormons who've been part of like secret cer- you know initiation ceremonies and and you know rite of passage ceremonies and know the costumes and the 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 rituals involved in the secret ceremonies and suddenly they're putting them in the video. Yeah. You know, and, and, the, and, and, I, you know, I think they're like a combination of Mormonism and a uh, Tijuana Bible, whereas they're, you know, they're not a rep. They have elements of the real rituals in them, but I don't think the elders are having ritual sex with every virgin to prepare them for marriage. Not that I don't think that probably goes on. And that's no, there's we- a. That love, that level of that happening, and that undercurrent of like there is really weird sexual stuff going on behind the scenes. It's not very religious Mormon stuff. Well, the ritual itself, I thought, was when described to me, not in the porn uh, sense. I thought was very sexual. I mean, you come of age and you go before an elder or you know a, a bishop. And you and he asks the girls, you know, questions about their living their lives and this and that. And and it's very specific and personal and seemingly inappropriate questions. Yeah. And this is this is stuff that that that, you know, I I never knew went on. And and uh, and, and when you were watching it, did you get a feeling like like, oh, wow. So this is this is what 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 goes on there i mean i i knew about sex. it's what goes on there mixed with a fever dream yeah like i didn't know about sexual the, fantasy aspect of it because if there are el- elders taking sexual advantage of the teens as they're you know to prepare them for the the wedding bed or whatever or in the case of the gay porn just to sort of be like hey that's okay you know we can do this behind the scenes or whatever 
in real life, that stuff is usually traumatic and, you know, life shattering. Whereas in the important video, everybody's having a great time. Right. So it's, it's got that. It's just, it's, it's char. It has an extra charge to it. Now, is this a fetish porn that you think goes outside of Mormons? Yes. Yes. The average Joe, I mean, we know, I, I spoke to some friends of mine. I know a lot of Mormons. Uh, most of them are gay. Uh, and, and I talked to them about it. And they said, oh, yeah, Mormon boys, sure. And I said, well, and he goes, well, look, they're not, they're not practicing anymore. And I said, they, you know, when we're at the peak of our sexuality, we go on our missions for two years. And we were only allowed to write to our families. So any any young man that that or I suppose young woman that that had, you know, was was, you know, feeling a little wanted to explore their sexuality. It happened. And 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 he goes. And for those of us, for those of my friends who were straight and they didn't, they you know, they wanted to save themselves. They would go ahead and, and look at Mormon horn, you know, to see to, to, just to get a glimpse of what what's going on, you know. And I'm wondering if the average Joe says, hey, I'm going to look up Mormon porn. Because when I was watching it, I was I felt like I was eavesdropping in on a secret ceremony, you know, like a Shriners or or something. Yeah, that's what that's why that's why like I actually like this. I find like I'm not a big like porn like that's why when we do commentaries, I'd rather do them on some old 70s porn with a story and cheesy elements and stuff to grab onto in that sort of as as a like porn enjoyment thing the porn movie to me is not the ideal form so so like watching watching porn movies especially if they're just sort of ground out porn movies with with generic you know like the the generic you know hard-bodied guy and 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 you know, surgically enhanced woman going at it, it gets really bland after a while. So when you get something like this, it's charged with all these elements. Plus it's like, I, I, like, um, I, I watched the, the Mormon girls first because the, the porn site I was on didn't have a thing where it's like, do you want gay porn? Do you want straight porn? So I couldn't like put Mormon in and have gay and straight and just have them all come up. When when I had to put in Mormon and then gay and then the whole site turned gay. Like yeah. all the 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 labels for the for the name of the site was uh, I think it was X videos or whatever. All of a sudden the X videos logo had a you know a rainbow flag across it and stuff. So you had to just you enter into either or world and and I watched the straight ones first. But when I watched the gay ones, I found them to be the blander ones. They were yeah. just sort of the same thing over and over again. And a, a, an elder with a younger guy. But sometimes it was two elders. One thing that seems strange is it seemed like uh, the male actors were were the same. Some of the same actors that were in the straight porn having sex with the girls so some of the elders were swinging both ways well good for the elders yeah that, well Stay if you're an elder i guess you have that luxury it's good to be the elder and but I, I but i found the 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 mormon girls ones 
to be much more varied and imaginative in their production. And I think that was due to that woman who works on it. I think she has real ideas as to what she wants to, to get up for it. And she's really working like subtext and stuff, which a lot of times isn't happening in porn movies. So I was like, I was digging this woman's directorial style. She, uh, she picks like, like the women in the video are natural, you know? Yeah. Uh, they usually don't don't have tattoos, which a Mormon girl would not have. They, but she might be finding real lapsed Mormon girls, but whatever. I'm, I'm just finding porn stars. But uh, sometimes a lot of them aren't classically porn star pretty. There was one girl that was in a lot of videos who had sort of red hair and glasses. And she actually looked like a lot of Amish girls. That, you know, that sort of is not unattractive, but had a real like plain Jane sort of face and big, bushy pubic hair and armpit hair and stuff. Um, more probably a more realistic version of like a, a young Mormon wife than, you know, super not- slim, attractive girls. Well, but, so you know, have- it, it, it seemed like the eye of a lesbian woman who was more like. It had it has a lesbian eye to it, and the le- the lesbian scenes seem to have a lot more uh, time and effort put into them too. <laughs> well, the ones that I, I watched were mostly about the um, the bishops or you know questioning the girls and and uh, wanting to make sure that there are so many taboos and so many. It, it's such a ripe field. Oh my God! To, yeah. I mean, masturbation. Members should not masturbate. Okay, if you're if you're Mormon, I mean, it it it's just it's not you know it's it's not done. Uh, chastity, of course. Um, uh, kissing. Mormon leaders have stated that outside of marriage, passionate kisses, uh, more intense lasting more than a brief kiss and prolonged all that and more it's off <laughs> limits okay erotic touch off limits oral sex fuck that that's off limits caffeine is off limits so come on man <laughs> so much so that utah has passed a symbolic ban on porn uh you know you can't because of the first amendment you can't ban it, it's symbolic, and they think that it's it's destroying the minds of 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 their uh, youth. And you know, the interview that we watched, um, the the reporter interviewed the senator, and 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 I could not like the guy. He was mainly talking about that. You know, he's worried that little kids can get access to this type of stuff, but that's anywhere. You know, uh, but. But there, there's just a general scare. I think that that they're showing us these sacred, sacred ceremonies that we're not supposed to see, you know. And that's I couldn't get by. I grew up with with Mormon friends, and there was this one family with like four blonde daughters, the Staffinsons. And my God, they were all gorgeous. You, but you could not. And their father was high up in the Mormon Church. But you could not. I mean, they were friendly to you. You could talk to them, but you could not go on. Uh, you could not. You would not ask them out. 
You could. It was never in the cards. You would have to convert to Mormonism and like get. You would have to end up being like working in the mailroom of her father's business and working your way up before you can marry one of those girls. You know. Couldn't help thinking about them watching this, these videos, and strangely enough, the the most googled topic or the most googled search in Salt Lake City. Or in Utah is Mormon lesbian porn, and it there it's also you know porn is is a top hit anywhere, but in Utah it is incredibly incredibly it's going on you know there is a market for this place and that is why Mormon girls it's not free you if you want to see it you got to pay <laughs> they have different plans that you can pay because they know that you are willing. To make money now are these real mormon girls i don't know maybe maybe they are maybe they aren't but you're if you want to see a they make an effort to make it a close enough simulation as they have the actual and there are a lot of lapsed mormons out there i'm sure no, they, none they, of them have a slayer tramp stamp when they no. when they end up <laughs> taking off their magic underwear any tramp stamps i didn't know they had that little that little I talked to a friend of mine today and I was asking him about the little um, fig leaf and he goes, yeah, yeah, you know, you, you only wear that in, in the, in the temple. And, and, you know, he's a lapsed Mormon. So many of my gay friends are lapsed Mormons. Um, and basically so much of his family, like just disowned him. He got shipped off to Brussels for his mission, uh, got into some trouble, <laughs> had to, had to come home and uh <clears throat> got into the muscles of brussels got into the muscles of brussels and now he's a flight attendant like so but but what surprises me is how willing so many of my gay friends who were mormons and some of them still consider themselves mormons are willing to talk about the um the things that 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 i wanted to ask them and you know i don't if you look at the mormon religion I, it, we had this discussion off uh, mic where I don't think it's any, it's strange to me, but, but Catholic religion is strange. Scientology is strange. Uh, I, I every religion is a bizarre cult. Yeah. Until it lasts a certain amount of time. I can say it becomes in the words of accepted. Roy Rogers, I don't think I've ever met a Mormon person that I haven't liked. And I know that sounds corny and that sounds like it might be bullshit, but it isn't. Uh, everyone, they don't drink, but if you go over their house, they would always have something in case you wanted a beer. You know, they, they have it. They don't drink it themselves on the airplane. Whenever we had a group of Mormon kids going somewhere, you knew you were going to have a great flight because they were never assholes they would just drink up the apple juice like fucking the apple juice in the seven up but well-behaved friendly people <laughs> i've been to salt lake many times it's a clean city i've actually toured the um the temple it's beautiful grounds people are willing to talk to you come out you can you can go in there and find out your family history and and there is an aspect of it that's very open, but there's also the aspect that that porn girls and porn boys has seized onto that we don't know about. 
you know, and that we want to know about. And that lapsed Mormons and acting Mormons are, there's a market for it. Well, I'll just, I'll, I'll, my, 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 um, experience with Mormons is, is complicated and nuanced. Gather around. I, I had a fascination with them as a kid because my cousins became converted to Mormonism through their, their father converted to Mormonism and the whole family went to Mormon. They eventually moved to Denver and were Mormons in Denver, but, um, the jello belt, right. The only Mormons that I met that I didn't like <laughs> were related to me. Right. So my uncle Tommy and and uh, and uh, I'll probably blip out his name so you don't get his whole name. But uh, it's funny because his their, their last name was Hutt. So I've, I'm I, actually that's a Star Wars connection is me with me as I'm related to the Hutts. I have some cousins who are Hutts. But um, um. He was a total con man. He was a used car salesman. He was a total 70s, like out of the movies, used car, beefy, balding, cigar chomping, you know, hey, everybody, you know, check flashy, you know, always broke, always had a had some sort of scheme going. And um he he got into the Mormon thing because he was working a business as he was working, you know, he was schmoozing with the the elders and all the elders. He, he was a boozer. He was an alcoholic, you know, and uh, this and a smoker. And he didn't stop smoking and drinking when he was a Mormon. He would just, you know, and uh, <laughs> and my cousins pretty much uh, their their mother totally adopted it like for you know earnestly and she was a sweetie pie my cousins have adopted it because it was what they grew up with and they all like they all you know they all you know do their their sinning on the side and stuff <laughs> like that but no you know there's there's that aspect of the of of the mormon church which frankly is an aspect of almost of pretty much any big church. You know, there's some people there who are in there for the business aspect of it and don't really believe it or whatever. And I usually think they're in the higher levels of it, but then there's the people who truly believe in the, the Mormon philosophy is as weird as it is. What pragmatically it produces are people who they have a very rigid belief system, but they're also very, non-judgmental about it and not in a condescending non-judgmental yeah. way in a friendly just usually a friendly and accepting way so i've you know i've i've always i've always thought of like i've always like like the catholic church i think is has big problems but cat the catholic church also produces some of the crazy like crazy nuns who run people over the border and stuff like that you know yeah and and has dissenters within its ranks and it's and you know i mean it's just a mixed bag with any religion but mormonism is in that stage where it's big enough to where it's it's because you know i mean i grew up hearing you know the mormon tabernacle choir um perform and i thought oh it's just a church group performing you know it wasn't it they're, they're they're, they're sort of not as culty as they once were considered. And especially when you have Scientology, which is newer 
cultier and t- stealing all the thunder these days. And the Mormons also are very have a lot of practical like you know ancestry and stuff like that that in fa- searching family trees they and um and food if you if you want freeze dried fruit food Mormons are the people to to go to yeah. and if you want supercharged porn I gotta tell you I love magic underwear I think magic underwear are hot or the garments I gotta say what I now, I need to ask you, the, the two biggies that we looked at, Mormon girls and Mormon boys, are they making these films out of, because they had a bone to pick with the church, do you think? Are they making it to, like, to, to snub their nose at yeah. the church? Or yes, they- and there's genuine, and there's genuine, like, just like, you know, uh, uh, you know, I mean, they're they're dealing with not being in the religion anymore, maybe not speaking to their relatives and stuff like that. So they're working through they're working through this stuff, but at the same time they're producing something <laughs> that's working in the opposite direction and stuff. So there's a I mean that's what that's why I enjoyed watching it. It's a potent brew, and at the same time, you know, when you're brought up with that stuff, even when you rebel about it, there is a certain nostalgia and there's certain things that you liked that, you know, that you liked about it, you know, and didn't like about it. And a lot of times people get mad, not at their religion, but the, pe- the, the people, their fellow followers of the religion. So they're more mad at their hypocrisy than the actual tenets of the religion. So, so there's a little bit of all that I think so going it's on. So basically like a, like an Al Goldstein fuck you Mormons, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what I liked about it was was I think she's a little more cerebral than than yeah. than Al Goldstein. What you had mentioned is one of the things that 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 I thought was interesting was it and I, that I liked about what I saw was that the girls weren't augmented. They weren't, and that kind of made me believe that okay, maybe these are saying me, maybe these are Mormon girls that have had a, that are giving a thumbs up to the church as well, you know. But they're black sheep's because you know my friends, so a lot of them are black sheep's, but they were normal, you know. We a lot of the movies we watch, you can tell that they are, um, you know, professional augmented boobs and this and that, and but uh, this. It almost was like an episode of In Search of, where they're gonna blow the cover off of, of off of what I expected Leonard Nimoy to come in and narrate, and these are the sacred garments that they wear, and this is the underwear that is. You know. Those sacred garments are such a perfect combination <coughs> of like Puritan Victorian, while still being kind of hot and sexy they're still a little see-through and they're a little bit you know, filmy and stuff and and the fact that they're they are sort of puritan victorian looking i don't know they're just they're well, awesome they're they're I'm great sure fodder for they're that's... fodder for porn and fetishism for people so it's like she's got these she's just got all these hot ingredients to throw in the stew well, don't think that's not the way they were designed, too. They were designed... Oh, yeah. No. Come on. Yeah, they were designed right. by pervs. We've got New Zion, man. We have to spread our seed around. I can see when they probably first brought them out. 
they look like potato sacks and nah, maybe we ought to make them a little more, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this part yeah. is there's there's S&M aspects of it with people getting I saw one where it was just beautifully lit. Yes. And it was an elder sitting. It was it was not an it was very it was like 20 minutes long and it was a methodical it was you know, beautifully filmed is where they the the set design of it was they put everything in the background in black, so you only saw the main element of the set, which was a throne, you know, like chair for the elder to sit in, and then like a long wooden, almost like pew type of thing, but it looked like an old banister or something, you know, it was old wood like you would find in an old masonic temple or something and it had and and like every two feet on it it had a different uh black dildo black colored dildo that was each getting progressively bigger and it was just yeah i saw that two naked too. women bringing out like the the new innocent girls and and having them sit on each dildo as it got bigger until they got down to the elder who sort of gave them a little you know, little wave of the hand and off they went. And it was very ritualistic and like not super sexy to me, but maybe to a Mormon. I don't know if that's based on a real ceremony or I have a feeling it was just something they made up for for I, this. But they put a lot. It was very eyes wide shut. You know, it I was felt. very Masonic and and, you know, this old ceremony type of thing. And uh you know that's a, that's some potent stuff when yeah. you're when you're making porn. You know that's that's how you get them clicks. I felt very voyeuristic watching it. And yeah, uh, you're seeing you're seeing that and and you know and yeah, that's why Eyes Wide Shut was uh, why people are still talking about that movie. That stuff is fascinating. Secret things that go on behind, and then you add sex to it. It's it was like when we were talking about the um um cannibalism porn it had a lot of that same you know secret yeah. societies and ceremonies and stuff like that you know this has a very similar similar sort of thing a lot of them and and oh my god like like the mormon church very 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 white yes absolutely i was white piece, no 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 brown people to be seen lots of blonde girls or if girls had dark hair it's like really really dark dark hair and lots of all white garments there's even like their version of of the of a glory hole is a big white veil that an elder will stick his 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 holy penis through you know and stuff like that so it's just it's just very white Midwestern and like, I mean, I don't understand why they don't have like, you know, a group of Mormon girls go to the wrong house party and it's a bunch of big black guys. I think how, catering like how charged pigs. would that, you know, how charged would that be? You know? <laughs> yeah. They're catering to their, a lot of it, I think they're catering to more. Yeah, I, I think they should go that route. I think I think that route would uh, I think that route would get a lot of clicks. 
I think well, that would be take yeah, you know. The whole act I'm, of trying to take off the sacred garments. <laughs> yeah, I thought a, an unhooking a bra was a lot of trouble for God's sakes, man. Strings You and, get to see a lot if you watch Mormon Port, you get to see a lot of sacred garments being put on and taken off. Yeah, and that's part of that's part of the uh of the uh of what you're there to see. You're seeing it I mean, the the interview you sent me, I thought one of the best moments was when the actress was putting on the Mormon uh, sacred underwear that she had never, you know, put on before. I was like, wow. And she's cool. like, I would wear this out. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's like, really cool. And the other like, this is kind of hot. I would wear this out. Yeah. And the other actress who looked pretty fucked up <laughs> was, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and, and it was really sheer, and, and there was a lot to it. So it was it was a, an interesting uh, topic to to dive into for sure. I enjoyed it, but uh, uh, now I'm gonna go searching for Buddhist porn. Oh God, well that I I if there's anything else, I, if if you're interested, you can find it out there. It 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 most of it is gonna be there's a lot of gay stuff out there. Uh, you can find clips of Mormon girls. You can go to their websites and they have short bios of the girls. And then they have a convenient payment plan if you want to see the whole movies. But if you go to uh, other websites, they'll have little snippets of what's on uh, mormongirls.com and you can check it out for yourself. And uh, and there, there you have it. I, I think I've pretty much... Uh, said all I could say about Mormon porn and bring back to the Staffinsons. And I hope that they they did well and they have 17 beautiful children and, and know that, uh, that I was thinking about them back in 1986. If there's, I just want to say if there's any Mormon ladies out there of legal age who want to send me their garments, <laughs> feel free. Yeah. You know what? You can keep the, putting that out there. I'm not. I'm not so in, enthralled with the magic underwear. It looks like it might be a little bit more pain in the assy than uh, than it's worth. But yeah, I will definitely would love to have one of those fig leaf um, aprons. I I could I could give it to my wife and she would uh, use it to clean up the house and do dishes and cook and she would never know where it came from. So there. So <laughs> send them on down, Laps Mormons. We promise we'll take good care of them here in the uh, Beat It Shrine. That's the the the. the take a special place of honor absolutely and there you have it mormon porn who knows what we're going to hit you up with next week no, <laughs> yeah i know we're setting a precedent here yeah yeah this, this is good dead will surprise you i'm sure we'll be back next week with or next month with something else definitely not buddhist porn though and don't forget to put your sacred underwear Unzip that fly and get on your backs, fellas. It'll make sleeping a lot easier. What a welcome to the neighborhood. Wait till you taste my Margie's dessert. Dessert? I didn't make dessert. Oh. Instead, I made some fun.
visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Freaks.